And the word that Jesus uses here, love your enemies, is agape. Notice, the love that must be willed by that person, the Christian. The Christian must use his mind in reason deliberately to choose it to do what? To love your enemy. To love people, that is the hardest thing we could ever do. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as we continue our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Raul will explore how the Lord has called us to look beyond ourselves and offer His mercy and compassion to those around us. Now, admittedly, this can be much harder with some people than others, but as you stay with us today, you'll see that regardless of your feelings, you can bless those around you with God's unconditional love. If you have your Bibles, join us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 for the lesson, The Law of Love. Here Jesus, and I think for every one of us, is going to be very hard. Because this is now the last six illustrations that he's given to us, and this now is the last illustration in chapter 5. And it has to deal with the Word of God as the Pharisees not only were extending the law of God, but they were not keeping to the law of God. Because notice what he says reading at chapter 5 verse 43. Let's read down to verse 48. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So here he starts out with the negative. Now look what he says. But I say unto you, verse 44. Love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than the others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wow. Now this is a tough thing that Jesus has given to us here today. Because as we see the call of God here, God is creating not only a great family called the body of Christ or believers, who are going to spend all eternity with each other. But before we go to heaven, we need to learn what? We need to learn how to get along in unity. Especially with non-believers. That's the hardest thing. We cannot retaliate against people. I mean, that's what we love to do. That's what I would love to do. Retaliate. That's the easiest way. But here Jesus says, if you're really a Christian, if you're really a child of the light, and you belong to the kingdom of God, then you need to what? Love people. To love people, that is the hardest thing we could ever do. And this is why God wants us to live together as a family so that we can love each other and we can love our neighbor as who? As ourselves. As ourselves. Let's begin with the first point. 
in chapter 5, verse 43. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You see, in the law in Leviticus 19.18, it says this, Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Notice they added this other part. And hate your enemies. God is not a hateful person. I mean, sure, because we're born in this world with a natural sin nature. That many times as we see our parents, or grandparents, uncles, or aunts, and even our own children, that our children learn by the example they have in their homes. So I think that we need to understand from the lessons that Jesus has given to us in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is not for the world. It's for the church, for you and for me. So when Jesus says something here, he's going to correct what the Pharisees were saying. Check this out. The nation of Israel not only made two fatal mistakes, of interpreting the law. Number one, they said neighbor men, only people of their own community, religion, and nation. That's what they believed. And then secondly, they were not only to hate their enemies, but not to even fellowship with their enemies. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you're to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor, and therefore the reason was added by them, and hate your enemy. God is love, and he doesn't hate anybody. And then people say, well, then why will God send people to hell? It's not because he hates people. It's because you made the choice. God gave you a will. Either to choose the light or to choose the darkness. To love or to hate. Heaven or hell. And it's so cool because God never forces any one of us to do anything. And that's why he gave us God's word. That as we read and as we grow... And as the scriptures begin to take effect in my life, that I'll either become a doer of God's word or I'll become what? A not a doer of God's word, but ignorant of the word of God, willfully rejecting God's word. Because when you look at this lesson this morning, these people here, the purpose of them was to hate people when the purpose of God is to love people. And we are supposed to, Paul said, what? Imitate Jesus Christ. To imitate, to mimic the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet when you look at the church today, look at the condition of the church. The condition of the church is the church has become ignorant to the word of God. When the church is supposed to be salt and light, when the church is supposed to lead the way, the light is greater than darkness. If people are in the darkness, what do you do? You come over to the wall, find the switch, and turn on the light, and the darkness is gone. That can only happen when you repent of your sins and you come to Jesus Christ by repentance and become born again of the Holy Spirit. And all the way through the New Testament, the Lord and Paul, Peter, John, and these guys speak about love. Listen in Galatians chapter 5, what Paul the Apostle says, beginning in verse 22, 23, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If we're not practicing those things, there is no law. The law was a schoolmaster to show us that we were guilty. Guilty of sin. And Jesus Christ came from all eternity, not only to forgive our sins, but to fulfill the law. 
to fulfill the law so that we could receive the grace of God. Unmerited favor that we don't even deserve. And when we have the favor of God's grace and upon our lives, then the grace of God is going to humble me. And I am going to be able to love and to have long-suffering and peace and joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Look at the second point here, verse 44. The meaning of the law. This is Jesus speaking. But I say unto you, see, this is what you said, but I'm going to tell you the truth. This is what I'm saying in fulfilling the altar, the new. But I say unto you, love your enemies. And what? Bless those who curse you. Notice that. Bless those that are cursing you. Instead of retaliating, you bless them. You say, that's really hard. Amen to that. It's real hard. But if we're really children of the light, then we have to humble ourselves, trust in the Lord. Remember last week, if a Roman would come to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, carry my pack. Jesus said, don't carry it one mile, carry it two miles. To demonstrate what? My love for them. You cannot win people in any way by preaching to them. It's by demonstration of humility, repentance, and the love of Christ in my life. That's the only way that can happen. So here Jesus is speaking of this love that makes me go the extra mile. Love your enemy. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. And pray for those who despisefully use you and persecute you. One of the things about my life and my parents' life is that when I got saved, it was through the power of love that before they knew who I was, and then now I was a new person. And it was very hard loving my father, loving my mom, loving anybody. But I read the Bible. In the Bible, I was going to a good teaching church, Calvary Chapel. And the Word of God brought conviction to my heart. So I knew that the Holy Spirit was real. Do you know today if the Holy Spirit is real in your life? Is He making changes in your life every day? Are you listening or are you ignoring what God says? That's really important. So here the Lord is bringing an important thing. Again, he says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those that hate you. And pray. Notice, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He said, well, how can I pray for people? Okay, I'll pray. Lord, get them to hell. (laughs) Right? But imagine when you have someone in front of you they hate. And you have to say, Lord, give me love for this person. And then when the Lord gives you that love and you go to them and they see you, they are shocked. It's not a phony love. It's a agape love that God has given to each one of us individually. And yet every one of us should have this love because it is the love of the mind, reason, and choice. It is a sacrificial love that is a love that cares for people. It gives and works for one another's person for good. No matter how that person may respond to that person, agape love is always forgiving. Always, always giving. And the word that Jesus uses here, love your enemies, is agape. Notice the love that must be willed by that person, the Christian The Christian must use his mind and reason deliberately to choose it to do what? To love your enemy. To love your enemy. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to help you keep growing in your faith. You can call us anytime at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Our free app also provides a wealth of resources to support you in your walk with Christ. Now let's get back to more of today's lesson. Look at the third point, verse 45 to 47, the fruit of real love. He says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now how can we become sons of our Father? By loving people. We are the sons of God. And then he says this. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. I mean, you see that? And then he says what? And sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Why? Because when you, people hate you, it's a sacrificial love to love people. Otherwise, you have no reward. That's what the heathens do. If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? But if you greet your brethren only, then notice, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? There's no change, he says. But to love people, there are three things that we must do. Number one, love makes us a child of God, a true child of God. You see, love is always a sign of and proof that a person truly loves and truly knows God, his creator. That's a sign of a real child of God. Listen to what John 13 says. Jesus speaking to his disciples, verse 33. Little children... I shall be with you a little while longer. This is where in chapter 13, he's having dinner with the disciples and washes their feet. He says, you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I'm giving to you, that you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Notice that if you love one, one another. You really want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and love people. Don't hate people. You see, God loves his enemies. Number two, love makes us what? Like God. We're not God. It makes us like God. He loves. We are to love our enemies like Christ, and then we become more like who? Like Christ. Like our Savior. People will see Christ in us and through our lives. As we truly become that. In 1 Timothy 6, 11, Timothy says, Paul's telling Timothy, But you, O men of God, Timothy, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Those are the true fruits of a Christian. Paul is talking to Timothy. Timothy and 2 Timothy have some real problems in 1 Timothy. Paul is taking him along, discipling him. And he lets Timothy know, look, Timothy, this is a child of God. This is a true man of God. That he flees all things, pursues after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Thirdly, love makes us distinctive from other people. For example, as believers, we must do more than others in loving people. We need to go beyond what others do. That shows the signs of love. And remember that God has done more and more and gone beyond by sending who? The Son, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how the Father in heaven said, Jesus, you're going to have to go. 
to the only place in the universe that has people. This little world. And you're going to have to go. And you're going to have to die for them because Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And when Jesus came, and was born in Bethlehem in this little stable. And then as he grew in Nazareth. And then at the age of 30, brothers and sisters, they lived with him for 30 years. And they rejected him until Jesus started his ministry. And after his ministry, James came to know the Lord. And Jude came to know the Lord. And they wrote two epistles. But here we see Jesus making a distinction. For example, in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21, he says this. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, through who? Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us. That we might become righteousness of God in him. I mean, imagine what a privilege it is what God did for each one of us. We were all going to hell. And God, by sending His only begotten Son, because God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, so that He could cleanse you and wash you and forgive you from all your sins by going to the cross and shedding His blood. The love that God has for each one of us individually. Check this out, point number four. Verse 48. This is a hard one. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, how can we be perfect? None of us can be perfect. There's no possible way. If we were perfect, then we don't have to go to heaven. It would be a perfection that we would get along with each other. We would love each other. And this could be heaven. But because Adam and Eve sin, we fail. And what's the first thing that happens when they fall, when they have, notice their sons, Abel and Cain. Abel is killed by his brother because Abel had a sacrifice of faith, give to God, it was accepted, but Cain's sacrifice was rejected because it was not given by faith. So what does he do? He takes a knife and kills his brother. Hides him in the sand. And the Lord comes along and says, Hey, Cain, where's your brother? He said, Am I my brother's keeper? He buried him in the sand. He says, I know that you kill your brother. And what does he do? He curses Cain. He curses Cain and puts a mark on his forehead. So we go back again to the Old Testament and we see things to come. So it's important that we understand now fourthly the evidence of true love. Verse 48. The charge here is be you perfect. The idea of perfection here, listen, it is that which is an aim and a goal and purpose. The word means to fit, mature, Fully grown, notice, at a particular stage of growth where? In your walk with Jesus Christ. When you get say we're not perfect, should we fail? I fail, I don't know about you. But you trip, you fall, you get up, you trip, you fall. But over a period of time, as you get into the Word of God, you get into a church that teaches God's Word. And you start getting educated by the Word of God. 
And the Holy Spirit working in me and through my life. I come to a place where Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that I'm no longer to be carnal, you see, but to be spiritual, which means I understand the things of God. I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant. And what does that cause me? It causes me to obey God. It causes me obeying God and His command. So again, this does not mean perfection. Perfection of character, that is being without sin. That's not what it means. It is fitness, maturity for a task and purpose for every believer's life. That's what God expects. And again, it is this. It is a full development of maturity and, listen, godliness in the child of God. That's what God desires. Ephesians chapter 4, 12. In 11, he's talking about the gifts. He gives pastor, teacher, evangelist. And then in verse 12, he says this. For the equipping of the saints, these gifts have been given. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. There's mature again. To the measure and the statue of fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Jesus Christ. And then check this out. From whom the whole body joined knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, it causes growth on the body for the building up itself in love. Perfection, maturity in Christ Jesus. The reason the church is so messed up, there's immaturity in the church. They don't read their Bible. They try to live in experience. And you can't live by experience. We live by faith. That's real important for each one of us. Listen to James, the brother of Jesus, 1-4. But let patience have its perfect work. Notice that. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, maturity. Coming to maturity. How about 1 John 4-17? Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There it is again, three times perfect. Mature. Maturity. And that's why I share with you as a body of Christ, we need to mature. We need to mature so that we can do exactly what God says and the world can see that we're truly children of the light. Well, it isn't easy to love your enemies, but we hope you've been motivated by today's insight into your God-given call to compassion. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you've joined us late or would like to hear a copy of today's teaching in its complete form, just call 800-634-9165 and we'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Simply ask for Raul's teaching titled, The Law of Love, when you get in touch with us. For further inspiration to follow in Jesus' compassionate footsteps, we'd like to tell you about Raul's new book titled, Sermon of Sermons. 
It's a resource that explores more of what Jesus taught about loving others as a natural outpouring of our love relationship with Him. You'll see that as you walk closely with Christ, He'll give you His eyes and His heart for people, providing opportunities to represent the greatness of His heart. To purchase Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons, call 800-634-9165 or visit SomebodyLovesYou.com. We'll send your copy for just $12 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that number is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We'd also like to tell you about several free Somebody Loves You Radio resources. Download our app for convenient access to a variety of Bible-rich study helps and a link to our online store. You can also enjoy all of Rawls' teachings as podcast. Every one of these programs is available to download through Spotify and iTunes. Plus, Rawls' weekly straight talk will equip you with even more biblical wisdom for godly living. Join Rawls for this Q&A program on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. This is a listener-supported ministry. That means that your prayers and financial support are the backbone of this ministry. Thanks so much for your partnership. Be sure and join us next time for even more practical guidance from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You'll get a challenge to sort through conflict with an attitude of humility and a willingness to forgive, avoiding the natural desire to retaliate when you've been wronged. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.